Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Shut Up and Jimmer. This is the Mark Pope uh, hiring special. Uh, this, I'm your host, Steve Pierce, uh, joined as always by my co-host and good friend, the uh, brilliant and, inim- and inimitable inimitable oh man if i'm gonna use big words i should really be able to pronounce them uh robert f mccombs the 14th robert how are you doing well steve and it's a good thing mark pope those words are only uh four letters each because i think you'll have a hard time with those but uh it, it's good to be back i mean we're here the people thought we were gone but you know we sleep basketball 24 7 as ball is life so we're here the mark pope era is here the pope is mormon so uh I'm I'm excited to dive into it. Talk about there's always excitement. I think that surrounds a new era, a new coach. So, looking forward to dive into it. Kind of get our thoughts of what could go wrong, what could be good about this new era of BYU basketball. Yeah, so let's get uh, let's get right to it. We'll dispense with the niceties that we normally do. This is a special episode, so we'll get to the special stuff. Uh, Mark Pope is the new coach, the seventeenth coach of uh, the BYU basketball uh, program. Announced uh, announced on. I guess Wednesday, that was yesterday. It's Thursday now and we're recording this. Um, big press conference in the Marriott Center, the whole thing. Uh, Robbie, let's back up to before the press conference and before all the uh, all the all the hoopla. How did we get here? Yeah, I mean from the I remember our last episode we recorded, Steve. I guess it was right after the the when we lose to the the San Diego loss in the WCC tournament. When we were reflecting on the season, we were kind of talking about just kind of projecting ahead. I think we both had come to the conclusion that while we acknowledged all the great things Dave Rose had done during his 14-year tenure, I think we were both on the same page that it was time for a change. If BYU wanted to take, to kind of get out of the rut it was in and kind of dig itself back out to become a team that's at least on the bubble every year, BYU needed a change up top at the head coach. And um, that happened. I mean, I think we, we heard rumblings towards at the very end of the season that Dave Rose could step down. And uh, yeah, he ultimately did. He decided to call it a career after 14 years as head coach at BYU, as assistant coach many years before that, and before that stops at Dixie State and high schools along the way. So yeah, we're here. I mean, we've had a few, uh, Rylan Bergerson's transferred, and Yoli, to no surprise, declared that He's going to the NBA draft. Just uh, announced a while back he's leaving, but I mean he may be back after all. Um, so yeah, I mean we both acknowledged that it was time for a change, and I think the last time we thought we were in agreement that Mark Madsen gave us the most excitement. But I mean, all things considered, I think we expected Mark Pope, and I think Mark Pope will be good. But I mean, we could dive into that more. But um, yeah, I mean that's how we got to this point. Dave Rose is gone. Uh, we got Mark Pope here and yeah, I guess we could dive into what we think about what his tenure will be like and what the immediate future holds. Yeah. And it was, uh, the process that BYU went through, you know, the BYU process as Mark Pope talked about in his, uh, in his introductory press conferences is, is always fairly complex and fairly drawn out. And they, they did, they interviewed a lot of candidates relative to what BYU would normally do, uh, for, or has done in the past for uh for their past head coaching positions uh, with the basketball program had a had a, a number of good uh good options they ultimately um narrowed it down to four uh mark pope obviously being one 
Mark Madsen, the Lakers assistant, uh, Barrett Peary, the coach of Portland State, and Quincy Lewis, who's obviously a, a former assistant coach under Dave Rose. Um, and those were the four names that BYU submitted to the church uh, church office building in Salt Lake for for that level of approvals, uh, with a plan to narrow it down to two uh, and eventually pick one. The final two ended up being uh, Pope, obviously, and Barrett Peary uh, from Portland State, who I think uh, kind of surprised a lot of folks. Barrett Peary really he really killed the interviews um, and did really mm-hmm. well in, in his interviews. He really wanted this job. Um, this is a dream job for him. He's a kid from Payson, grew up in Utah County in the shadow of BYU, really wanted the job. And I think that spoke to, to Tom Homo and Brian Santiago, the guys who are conducting this search, and he got him into the, the top two. And I think maybe you know, initially we wouldn't have thought he would have been in the top two. Um, and essentially, you know, there was a moment where, you know, BYU was ready to pull the trigger on Peary. Um, Pope was the first choice. Uh, and there was a little bit of, uh, there was obviously a negotiation over contracts, like there is with any job, especially, uh, with a, a head coaching job in major college athletics. Um, and there was a moment when it, it wasn't quite clear whether or not this deal would get done. And, and BYU was fully, you know, would have felt good going with Peary. Uh, if Pope had ultimately decided this wasn't the thing for him or the money wasn't going to work out or whatever. Thankfully, due to the uh, beneficence of some major BYU boosters, Ryan Smith at Qualtrics uh, as a a big one, were able to step in and help kind of make the money work. Uh, My sources are saying that Mark Pope's contract is somewhere in the neighborhood of a million dollars, which is more than BYU was willing to pay him. That's basically Dave Rose money, uh, but Dave Rose money after Dave Rose had been at BYU for 20 years and gone to the Sweet 16. Um, it's basically four or five times as much as, as Mark Pope was making it at, at BYU, at, I mean, at UVU across town. Uh, so this is a big step up for him, uh, a good opportunity for him, especially financially. Um, and, uh, you know, there's some boosters who, who made it happen, who saw Mark Pope as the guy who, who was, who they wanted to, to be in the chair and to lead this program forward and were able to put their money where their mouth was, which I think is a, in and of itself, a pretty significant development for for BYU. Which I don't I don't know that this has really happened at this level um, before with BYU with the specific bo- boosters stepping up and saying, "Hey, this is the guy we want. We feel passionately about this. We're going to put money behind it." Um, and so I think that's a that's a great sign for BYU in terms of just competing in the modern college athletics landscape to go out and, and get a guy like Mark Pope, who you know did have other conversations. He and he's been open about that and kind of his media blitz since getting the job, he had a lot of conversations with a lot of schools and he was playing out a bunch of different options and thought BYU would be a great job. Um, but ultimately you got to make things work. You got to make the money work, especially when you're getting a, a caliber a coach of Mark Pope's caliber. Uh, and BYU was ultimately able to, to get it done. And that, I think that's a, a great sign for BYU going out there and competing and being willing to being willing to find a way to get the money, to get the money to get a great coach. Um, so what do we think, Robbie? That's the backstory. What do we think of this of this hire? Are we are we happy? I know that we mm-hmm. weren't. I, I would say that we weren't. We didn't have both feet on the Pope bandwagon throughout this process. I think we were intrigued by Mark Madsen and some of the potential he could have he could have uh, brought to the table. Um, but what? How do you? How are you feeling about the Pope hire right now? Yeah, I, I mean, I think kind of touch off what you said. I mean, that was good insight there. But I think first of all, I mean, it, it's nice to have a billionaire booster that's a big fan of your program i mean that makes your pockets a little bit deeper and can kind of get the salary up to more competitive 
uh, spots. I mean, going forward, having uh, Ryan Smith, the Qualtrics guy, is a billionaire booster. I think that will definitely pay some dividends down the road. But uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, we touched on that. I mean, we weren't squarely all in on the Pope bandwagon. I think most BYU fans, that was their number one choice. But I think we were um, a little bit more skeptical just because, I mean, he's always, he's had good success at UVU. I mean, this past year, they had 25 wins, which is the most they've had in school history. But I mean, they've never got past the semis in the WAC tournament. Um, they've never, they've the highest they've gone is the CBI. And even before Mark Pope got there, the previous head coach, Dirk uh, Dick Hunsaker, I mean, he didn't have quite the success Mark Pope had, but he laid the foundation that, that the UVU had a couple of 21 seasons before Pope got there. So it's not like Pope took something that was completely dead and turned it around to some NCAA tournament team. I mean, I think Pope did a lot of good things with the resources he had, but it wasn't just like some slam dunk hire because if it was, Pope would probably be at a P5 school right now and not BYU. But I mean, overall with those things considered, um, I think Pope was a good hire. I mean, you look at his experience. He played seven years in the NBA. It's kind of funny. Pope, he, self, he self-described himself as the worst NBA player of all time. I mean, he played seven NBA seasons, and he only played 150 games in seven seasons. So, I mean, that's just... Wow. That's just over. If you can add that, that's less than two seasons total. I mean, he was, he was injured injured a ton during his uh, NBA career. But I mean, kind of just looking at what he brings, I mean, if, if we didn't know Mark Pope before, like obviously we knew him from a BYU assistant, but if you just look at his resume without the BYU background, I mean, obviously he, he played, um, he's a high-level college basketball player. He was freshman of the year in the Pac-12 when he was at Washington. Then transferred to Kentucky, won a national title there his senior year in 96 under Rick Pitino. And then he actually did two years of medical school at University of Columbia before the third year, before he was about done. Uh, Mark Fox, who was the coach at Georgia at the time, convinced him to get out of medical school and get into coaching. So he's a really smart guy, obviously. He was accepted to Yale Medical School, and obviously he did two years at Columbia Medical School. So he's a really bright guy. And then seven years in the NBA, played for the Pacers, Knicks, Nuggets, and Bucks. Um, it was coached by guys like Rick Carlisle. was coached by Larry Bird. So, I mean, he knows those guys. I mean, it's good to have guys, a guy that has NBA experience. This is, hey, I, I've been in the NBA. I have contacts in the NBA. I know how to get you to that point. I don't think it's quite the pitch that Mark Madsen has since Mark Madsen's like best friends with Shaq and Kobe. <laughs> but, I mean, he does have those NBA connections. And then he he's he's been an assistant coach at P5 schools. He's been assistant coach at Georgia under Mock Fox. He was assistant coach at Wake Forest, which was the connection that brought Chase Fisher to BYU initially. And obviously he had the four years at BYU and the four years of head coaching experience. So he does, for what BYU could realistically get, that's about as much as you could ask for. I mean, BYU, I think this is only the second time BYU's ever had a, their coach has had previous head coaching experience. Usually, I mean, just going back, Steve, imagine what, it would have been like in 2005 when Dave Rose was hired. BYU was coming off a nine-win season, and BYU hired Dave Rose as an assistant. I mean, could you imagine if BYU won nine games this past year and they hired Tim Lacombe? I mean, <laughs> nobody would be happy. I mean, that's what it was like when Dave Rose was. So BYU was literally coming off a nine-win season, and they hired an assistant coach. So at the time, I'm sure nobody was like, what the heck are we doing? We won nine games and we're hiring inside the program. So, I mean, comparing to that, I mean, Mark Pope has way more of the pedigree than Dave Rose had he was hired. I mean, Dave Rose set the standard high with the Sweet 16 National Player of the Year. But, I mean, all things considered, what BYU could realistically get, Mark Pope's the best that BYU could real- realistically get. And I think what Mark Pope, I think we both agree he's not going to be a BYU lifer. I mean, his goal is to eventually get to Kentucky. I mean, I don't know if he could get there from BYU. I mean, if he leads BYU to a Sweet 16 pretty quick and John Calipari leaves, I think that could open the door. But I think if 
I think if Pope gets BYU to a couple NCAA tournaments, I think he'll bounce at a good P5 opportunity, say Washington, for example. Washington's his hometown. And once Jay, Jim Bayham leaves at Syracuse, then um, Washington's coach, um, Mike Hopkins, be gone because he used to be the assistant coach at Syracuse. So, I mean, that's obviously projecting, and that's obviously projecting that Mark Pope will do a good job that will get him on the radar of big schools, which I think. Obviously, you want to keep around your coach forever if he does well. But I mean, if Mark Pope did get poached by a bigger school, it would be a good thing because that means he got BYU back to probably multiple NCAA tournaments. So I mean, overall, I give the grade a but BYU could realistically, realistically get, I give it a B plus, A minus. I think Pope will do good things. Um, he's really passionate. One thing I really like that Dave Rhodes kind of dropped off. Pope is going to be very involved with the players and in their lives. I mean, even when Mark Pope was here before, he was kind of the right hand guy of Dave Rose. When Dave Rose needed to break the bad news to people, Mark Pope was the guy that would really be in the lives of players. So I think one thing I think he'll immediately connect with the players. He's going to be really hard in the players. He's a little bit old school that way, which I think is good. He's just not going to be buddy buddy necessarily, but he does have the player's best interests at heart. So I mean, overall, I mean, we know, I mean, we could get into this a little bit more, but he's going to, he's going to hit the transfer market, which I think will be a little harder at BYU. He said his press conference, he's going to recruit internationally. He's going to try to cast that net wide, which is music to the ears of every BYU fans. I mean, whether it's realistic or not, BYU brings in some European guys. I mean, he's going to, he's going to try. So, I mean, overall, I, I think the higher is good. I, the more I think about it, Steve, um, I think, Mark Pope, I think it'll be interesting to see this first year. Maybe if he does right away, gets paid back to the tournament. I think that's a big indication that Dave Rhodes was was checked out these last few years. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, Robbie. I wasn't super sold on Pope. But I think I always mm-hmm. viewed Pope as certainly the safest hire with the highest the highest floor. Um, you yeah, because he has experience running a D1 program and he's done this before and you know had good had good success as a head coach. Uh, just down the road. So like, there's only so far you could fall. Um, and so I, I kind of viewed him as the safe pick, but honestly, since the hire has been made and listening to him talk, I'm really excited about Mark Pope. I'm really excited about this hire much more so than I was when we were going through the process. And mm-hmm. I think was, I was maybe overthinking a lot of, you know, the different possibilities and what could this guy do versus that guy. I think we could get caught up in that, but I think Mark Pope, has the potential to be a really good head coach. To your point, BYU has never really hired anyone with division who was like a current division one head coach. Like when mm-hmm. they hired Steve Cleveland, the dude was like the head coach at Fresno City College. Yeah, Fresno City College. And that was like the caliber of guy we were capable of getting as our head coach back then. So getting a guy like Mark Pope, who is like pretty much universally seen in like national, like the national basketball He's well scene. respected as like a very well-respected up-and-coming coach. Like this was seen as a great like home run hire for BYU. I think we need to like take that into account, take into account BYU's history, like have a little perspective. This is a huge hire. And I think like the number one thing, like I think there could be some lean years up here at the front end, although, you know, maybe not. Maybe Pope has what it takes to, to kind of turn this team around quickly. But I think the number one thing that BYU needed was BYU needed new energy and like somebody to instill energy both in the players and like inside the program and in the fan base and like get people excited. And like Mark Pope has that in spades. Mark Pope has never lost a press conference in his life. The dude is one of the undefeated. most like, charismatic. Yeah, undefeated. The dude is one of the most <laughs> charismatic people I've like ever seen. His energy is off the charts. His passion is off the charts. And you know what? I love Dave Rose and Dave Rose was always a competitor, 
But the passion and the energy from Dave Rose kind of waned the last few years. I think we talked about that a lot. And I think like just just having that energy and that passion and a new voice in the locker room, a new presence, uh, a new attitude. I think, you know, that's not X's and O's stuff, but I think that stuff really matters. I think that's like half the battle. That's that's mm-hmm. a huge part of selling players on coming to your program and buying into your vision and what you're going to do. Um, and, you know, I've always said that, you know, college coaching at a head coach level is a lot more about the Jimmy's and the Joe's than it is the X's and the O's. It matters who you get, who you get on the roster and you can figure out the X's and O's stuff later. You can have an assistant who does that, but you need to have a head coach who can sell his vision for the program, who can excite people, both players, recruits, fans, uh, the university community. I think Mark Pope, he he's that guy and we'll see if the results follow after that. But I think that's a really important first step. And you know, the more I've thought about it, he's not taking over a bare cupboard. Like, Yes, this last year was disappointing. There was disappointing results. But if you think about it, Dave Rose stockpiled a lot of talent. There's still like mm-hmm. multiple top 100 guys on this roster. Connor Harding, Gavin Baxter, TJ Haas. Nick Emery's still there for now. I mean, there's guys, there's talent on this roster that maybe wasn't utilized, maybe wasn't motivated as well as it could be the last few years. But with a new voice, a new approach, whatever it is, Perhaps there's a possibility Mike, Mark Pope can unlock some of the potential that's always been in those, been there in those guys, develop those guys in a way they haven't been developed to this point. Um, and maybe you know maybe there is going to be a quick maybe there is the possibility or the potential for a quicker turnaround than we thought because I was I, I've been very clear about thinking this is a probably a multi year rebuild a little bit of a wandering in the desert uh, time but I think you know. Pope with the energy and and just having a different voice, I think is so key. And I think that there are the pieces there for BYU to be better potentially uh, next year if they get kind of their focus right and 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 can change you know a few things. The talent mm-hmm. is there, so I think is going to be real interesting. And we could talk about what the ex what what is like even a realistic expectation for Mark Pope. What does success look like in year one? Uh, but I think that you know I'm more optimistic than I was, and maybe this is just me being blue goggled and being won over by a guy who's super careful. <laughs> Charismatic in a press conference, uh, but I'm excited about 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 his vision for the program, which I haven't been uh, really about BYU basketball in a while. Yeah, I agree, and I mean, obviously the press conference was great, but the more I thought about it, even before the press conference, the more the more I kind of dug into Mark Pope's background, the more I think he can do good things. I think obviously the first step that kind of will set that success not only for this year but for the future years of his tenure is kind of the the staff that he brings in. I mean, one of the knocks a little bit I had at BYU that Dave Rose, I mean, he, he was almost loyal to a fault. Um, I mean, he even mentioned, I think, I don't know if it was in his departing press conference or if it was to the media, but he had a quote. He said, Tim Lacombe was his best friend. I mean, I think that's awesome that he was his best friend, but I think to a detriment, Dave Rose kept Lacombe around years more than he should have. I think he should have canned Lacombe rather than Nash, if, um, for example. But I think... That I think his loyalty to a fault kind of gave BYU, oftentimes that those past few years uh, outside of Shroyer kind of gave BYU kind of a not the best assistant, not not a great supporting staff. So I think who Mark Popeyes is going to be key. I think um, the first guy that I think he'll definitely hire, I mean, which has been reported by some media guys, would be Chris Burgess, who's kind of his right hand man at UVU, one of the assistant coaches. I mean, assuming in Chris Burgess, he could be hired as the UVU coach, but if he's not, I think he's a shoe in as an assistant at BYU. Um, a little background at him. He's kind of famous in BYU circles. If you remember, I think it was 
97 or 98 when he was recruited it was down to BYU and Duke and he chose Duke and Roger Reed the BYU coach at the time said he let down that uh Bridges let down nine million Mormons around the world so I mean I think Chris Bridges I think he'll be in it's a great moment a proud moment in program history right very proud yeah but that that quote should be on the wall of the Marriott Center Uh, his first game back he he didn't let down nine million Mormons he's back at the Marriott Center um so I think totally redeemed himself yeah exactly (laughs) um so I think he put two years at Duke that he transferred played two years at Utah and then uh, he put over a decade over in Europe so he's got a lot of European connections he was an assistant for three years under Mark Pope, and he was predominantly in charge of tasking of uh, developing the big guy since he's a 6'10 guy. He was a low post guy during his career. So I think he'd be a good hire just with his um, – I mean, he played at the highest level. He played at Duke. He played over 10 years in Europe, so he's got connections over there. He does already have some D1 assistant coaching experience, so I think he'd be a good hire. Um, and then it'll be interesting to see if Billy retains any coaches. I mean, I think Lacombe's kind of – he's kind of said that he's kind of done with coaching – but I mean, Quincy, he'll be a candidate as a head coach at UVU. He could even go to maybe he'd be a JC coach of the Idaho State, got like a smaller school. So um, I don't think Quincy would stay around, but I mean, he'd be great to have around. And then obviously there's Lee Kamard. I, you don't want Lee Kamard to be your number one guy, but if you get two really solid assistant coaches, and then obviously money's going to be an issue, you could get Kamard pennies on the dollar. So I think Kamard would be a good third, like developmental guy if you get two really solid assistant coaches. And then the one person, one something I really want BYU to get. BYU really needs a guy that's not a member of the church, and predominantly that guy that's African American. I mean, BYU just needs some diversity on the staff, not only racial diversity but cultural diversity. They need somebody that's just not totally tied to the program, but that's passionate. That is passionate. That is passionate about the honor code. That's the, the things, the good things that could bring somebody that's not a member of the church that could connect with non-member guys. Someone that's, that's, that's black that could connect with obviously with the, with the black athletes. I think that would be really key for BYU if BYU could add somebody like that to the staff. So I mean, those are the, those are kind of some of the things I'm looking for. Um, I mean, I'm not exactly sure Mark Pope's network. I mean, he's coached in the whack a lot. I mean, with some of his NBA connections. So I think that'd be his first order of business to see who's the assistant coach coaches that he will bring in. Yeah, I think that the assistants are going to be are going to be really key. I think there's a high qual- like you were saying a high high chance that Burgess winds up on staff. Uh Jay Drew had a had a piece on this, I think this morning in the Salt Lake Tribune in which he said Quincy Lewis has told BYU he's he's not interested in any coaching roles at BYU other than the head coach, which obviously is not going to be now. Uh Lee Kamard is very interested in coming back as is Andrew May, the uh basketball ops guy under Rose. Um there's several other guys on kind of Pope's UVU staff who will be in the mix. Cody Feger, who used to be the basketball ops guy at BYU under Rose, uh, who followed Pope to UVU four years ago. Uh, he is going to be a top candidate for the UU job as well. I think Pope has kind of, you know, picked him as like the guy he would like to see him get rep- uh, be replaced by. Uh, he's you know, a more experienced guy. He's, I think, 15 years. He's not LDS, actually, despite his BYU experience. Um, and he really wants to be a head coach, so he's going to push really hard for that UVU job. If he doesn't get the UVU job, I don't know if he winds up back at BYU in an assistant capacity. Um, I think your point about needing you know a non-member, and particularly, I think a non-member is great. Like Cody Figure is a non-member would be great. Um, 
but really, I think the importance of having racial diversity on the staff is 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 really key. I think having an African American coach, BYU hasn't had one in a a very long time, twenty years or more. Um, I think somebody like Paul Peterson, this is who's an assistant down at Wasatch Academy, um, mm-hmm. and is kind of a renowned skill developer, uh, particularly good at developing guards, and also has a national recruiting profile, having played in kind of that you know coached in that national high school scene now. Um, he's, he's a guy who I would look at strongly. I think you're going to have to make a play, um, against kind of the money that you, that you can offer to assistants. I don't know what the, what the assistant pool, you know, looks like in terms of money this time around with Mark Pope, if the program's going to invest more heavily or not. Um, but he might need to take a bit of a pay cut with his, his Wasatch Academy, uh, salary plus everything he makes from doing, you know, private skill coaching. Um, but he would be like an ideal choice beloved by players has trained a lot of BYU guys. Um, and I think would be just, would just kill on the recruiting trail. Um, LDS convert, uh, African-American guy, just incredible basketball mind. He would be ideal. Wouldn't hurt either to uh, keep that, uh, Wasatch connection either with Maddie Sissoko, Caleb Lawner, and, and company. So I didn't that well, that would not hurt either. Yeah, and Dave Evans, <laughs> the head coach down at Wasatch, has also been mentioned in these conversations. I think he has the same challenges. Uh, can you can you afford to pry Dave Evans away? I think he'd be you know obviously has a great recruiting ties, um, but he would be another guy who could be in the mix. Um, be in the mix as well. But I think, you know, Pope is, he says he's down the road and in his kind of media blitz since being announced, he's, he's been asked who are going to be your assistants over and over again. And he just keeps saying, you know, I'm down the road, but there's a, I have an idea, but there's a process and I have to go through it. He's looking to try and get uh, his guys in place. I think he said today by the, by the first week in May, which means, you know, they'll miss the, miss the live period at the end of April live recruiting period, but you know, all things considered, I think he understands how important those hires are and how important it is to have the right staff. Um, and, you know, having a guy like Burgess, who's great at developing bigs, if you can get a guy like Paul Peterson on the staff, who's, you know, got a track record of developing guards, that's a, that's a world of difference versus what the staff has looked like, uh, in the past, particularly in terms of player development, which we've, we've discussed a lot has been, has been lacking in, in, in the previous staff. Yeah, I mean, you definitely need to kind of step outside of your circle a little bit. I think Paul Peterson would be great. Just, I mean, I think you could probably afford him a little more than a lot of other guys. And then, yeah, just with his experience developing guys and connections to the high school level. So, I mean, that's kind of the first order of business who be hires as assistants. I mean, that's going to be, I mean, I think that's a lot of part that a lot of people overlook. I mean, people look at the head coach, I mean, obviously for obvious reasons, but I think many people overlook the importance of hiring a, a good staff, people that will, that will, commit to players that will get on the recruiting show that will really get after it. So, I mean, that's one thing I'm looking, I'm looking at. And then, I mean, kind of looking forward this year, Steve, I guess, to the night 2019, 2020 season to what's immediately ahead. So I guess it's just, it'll be interesting to see what's different and to see what happens. You're one under Mark Pope. I mean, we know TJ's coming back. Um, he's going to be, he's going to be the leader of the team, obviously, but be interesting first to see what players leave. So, I mean, Jashir was been planning on leaving since January, but uh, um, Mark Pope and uh, Brian Santiago, Tom Hobel had a meeting today with Jashir, I believe, to try to recruit him back from last I heard and last you heard. I don't know how those conversations went, but I mean, Jashir even tweeted out that BYU, he made alluded to that it's a possibility that he returns to BYU. So, I mean, I don't know if that's the best fit, not only for BYU, but for Jashir. I think it might be best for both parties to separate. 
with um, I think BYU's best when TJ kind of runs the show and Jesse Wade coming in. And then with potential guys, I mean, you know, Mark Pope's going to hit the transfer market. Um, market. I mean, just about an hour before we recorded the show, it was announced that Jake Toulson, that he's in the NCAA transfer portal. So, I mean, obvious connections to BYU. He started his connection at BYU. He, the reason he went to UVU is because of Mark Pope. So he has a great relationship with Mark Pope. I mean, Jake Toulson, a guy at UVU, was the WAC player of the year. One of the best shooters in the country. Avid's about 16 points a game. So I think no doubt Mark Pope is going to go after Jake Toulson. Um, Jake Toulson, he's going to have a lot of big power five programs after him. I, mean, I, I think, honestly, I think Utah State would be the perfect fit for Jake Toulson. I think if Utah State was able to land Jake Toulson, they could be a sweet 16 type team. With They have they have the rating Mountain West Player of the Year. And um, Sam Merrill, they have Quaida, who's going to be an NBA guy at center. I mean, if they could get Jake Toulson, I mean, they'd be awesome. And then there's going to be Pac 12 teams that also go after Jake Toulson. So I think, I mean, Billy has more than a good chance to get Jake Tolson just because of the relationship that Mark Pope has with him. So, I mean, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. I think another graduate transfer from UVU to keep an eye on is Bailey Steele. So he hasn't announced that he's transferring, but he's a th- he'll be a fifth-year senior. So assuming he could transfer since he's already been to school four years, I mean, he's the center for UVU. He's the six eleven center, average eight and a half point seven boards this past year. He started. He, he had like twenty re- boards against BYU yeah, or something yeah, ridiculous yeah. like that. He had nineteen boards against BYU, and I mean, with Yoli Childs gone, BYU, I BYU at least needs one big guy alongside Gavin Baxter in the front court. Front court depth is looking really thin right now. So he hasn't announced that he's transferring, but if he was transferring, I think he just drive ten minutes down I fifteen down to Provo. To play with Mark, he'd have to cut his hair though. He's got the long hair. He'd have to cut it. Yeah, he's got the long hair, so that might be the biggest blocker going into BYU. But I know you could you could join those church movies, Steve, and then they give you a pass to grow long hair. So maybe the the recruiting there we go. Just I love it. Yeah, just be one of the background guys in one of the Book of Mormon videos and uh, get him get him to school. That will work. But, uh, know, you, you, you could play Jesus, so let's not re- let's not relegate him to the black, the background. Okay, he could be the okay. new Jesus. Yeah, you're right. There's nothing wrong with that. He's got the look of it. I think you know it does, you, Jesus could be tall. Jesus could be Jesus could be non-member. So uh, yeah, um, <laughs> Bailey still will be Jesus. That'll be the title of this uh, this podcast. Now now we're getting now we're starting to get. Well, this will be the sacrilegious podcast. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I think I mean Jake Toulson. Be it'd be interesting. I know you have some insight to this, Steve. Um, he left. I mean, he has a lot of background information why he left BYU. He had um, some anxiety, depression issues, which he obviously dealt with. Um, he's married now. He has a kid, a son. I think, I believe that's like six or seven months old. So, I mean, they might may not may not want to uproot their life and live too far away from Utah. So, I think BYU is. It's just interesting. Why would Mark Pope go after Jashir if he's going to try to get Jake Tulson as well? Because not only because there's a scholarship crunch. Because if you get Jake Toulson and you get um, to share. I mean, there's no room for anyone else really, unless some other guys leave. And then it's just, you have so many guards, you have TJ, you have Nick, if Nick still sticks around, you got, you got Jesse Wade coming in. You maybe got Connor Toulson. You got Jashir. I mean, it doesn't make sense to have Jake Toulson and Jashir hard. I mean, honestly, I think BYU should part ways with Jashir. I think it's best for Jashir. It's best for BYU just to end it to free up that scholarship. So, I mean, that was a lot of things I'll head off to you, Steve, before I go off too much of a tangent, but it's be interesting if, if if Pope could bring in Jake Tolson. Jake Tolson's one of the best shooters in the country out west. Um, at BYU, will at least be an NIT team. It will be a, a solid team if they could. Jake Tolson, him and TJ would be a really good backcourt. 
Yeah, and you know, to be honest, we don't know the full details of that Jashir meeting. We know that he he was supposed to meet with Jashir today. We don't know what the motivation was, if he's really trying to recruit him hard to come back or if he's yeah. is just opening up a conversation and kind of seeing, you know, he doesn't know Jashir. Is he Jashir is a guy totally. who he didn't wasn't involved in recruiting. He was involved in recruiting a lot of these guys, especially guys who went on missions um, several years ago, but he doesn't know Jashir. So just starting that conversation, seeing what's out there, um, starting from, you know, kind of a, a, a fresh place and seeing what the options may be. So we don't know what his plans are or not for Jashir yeah. and for Jake Tolson. I think Jake Tolson is going to have a lot of really, you know, big programs after him um for that as kind of a one-year slot in guy who can play immediately and can fill it up so he'll have no shortage of, of suitors i think there will be some attractiveness to staying at byu he's got a lot of family in provo i think his sister lives like right across the street from the marriott center um and so there's and it's familiar and pope's familiar and you know it's kind of finishing out back where you started i'm sure it probably is a uh, an attractive narrative, but you know he may want to go do something totally different. But I think BYU, you know, will have a will have a shot at making their pitch to him, um, and that will be interesting. I think one thing that Pope has talked a lot about since taking the job is feeling like he needs to, you know, recruit the guys who are already here. Right, starting by locking down the guys who are here. Um, I don't think there's huge flight risks. I think if there's somebody who's going to leave. Um, who's not, you know, already on the fence or out or one foot out the door like Bergerson or, or just your hardnet, uh, is probably Nick Emery. I think Nick Nick was really invested mm-hmm. in getting in Quincy Lewis getting the getting the job, um, as you would expect, somebody who played for Quincy in high school and now again in college and is very close to and was very close to Dave Rose. Um, and Dave Rose kind of saw Nick through some really tough times in his life. Um, and I think Nick, you know, his his perspective is different. He's he's come through some really tough stuff, and I think Nick has figured out, you know, maybe basketball isn't everything in his life, and maybe I I don't know if Nick goes somewhere else and plays basketball. I think he I don't know where if he could grad transfer and not have to sit a year, but I don't I, he may just stop playing basketball together. I don't have any inside information on that, but I that's the guy I would say, just purely mm-hmm. speculative, um, would have the biggest chance of of walking away who's already in the fold. The other, the other part of that equation is guys who you've already got committed who have not been to school yet. You've got the three 2019 signees, Ber- uh, Bernardo da Silva, uh, Shengzhi Li, and Nate Hansen. Nate Hansen, all those guys, you know, have said nice things about Mark Pope uh, in the press and said that they're still excited to come to BYU. So Pope kind of just needs to lock those guys in. Um, and then you've got guys coming back for missions like Trevin Nell, who I think will have a place on this team. This team needs shooters, and that guy can shoot if nothing else. Um, and then a guy like Colby Lafeson, who played a year, I don't really know don't if think Colby Lafeson has a spot. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know if Colby Lafeson's got a spot, but that's for Mark Pope to figure out. And then you start looking at guys down the road. Mark Pope was on BYU Sports Nation today talking about, you know, are there guys, uh, you know, the guys he's been recruiting at UVU, some of them, you know, will not be a fit at BYU, right? They're not going to be an institutional fit. It's not the right fit for them. There's going to be other guys who's been recruiting at UVU who would be a good fit. One guy is Trey Stewart, uh, who's a great player from American Fork High School, kind of a late bloomer, got good got good bloodlines. Um his dad played at UVU, coached at UVU, um, and I think it's kind of, a lot of folks in the in the Utah grassroots basketball scene kind of see him as a diamond in the rough that the big programs have overlooked. Um, mm-hmm. He struggled with injuries for a while, but really athletic, springy guard, and he's about to go on a mission um, this summer. He graduates this year. He's going to go on a mission, so we'll come back. 2021 had committed to UVU. I think you very well could see him come over when he gets back from his mission, follow Pope to BYU. I think could be a real addition uh, to the pipeline down the road. And there, 
that's just one guy. There will be more. Um, but I think, you know, there's the, the personnel, whenever a coach changes over, there's a, there's big personnel issues that have to be figured out. One is the coaches, like we talked about, and one is the player. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this all shakes out. Cause it is a period, um, of transition. And I guess for the last question, Robbie, given all the transition and putting in place a new staff and trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to operate a roster that didn't commit to come play for you as a, as the coach and committed to another coach and figuring out how to get the best out of that team. The last question is kind of what does success look like this year for Mark Pope? What will, what will, if, if X happens, we'll be, we'll be happy and feel like this year was a success. All right. Here's what I think is best case scenario. And then I'll give what I think would be success. So best case scenario stars align outside of BYU winning a national title would be realistic best case scenario. So I think Mark Popes, he just guns a blaze and he on the recruiting trail. So he convinces Jake Toulson to come, come to BYU. Boom. You get the whack player of the year. Someone, an awesome shooter you could pair in the backcourt and then say for whatever reason, I'm saying, I mean, Yoli Childs is gone. He's 99 point. He's hundred percent gone, but say for some reason, Yoli Childs, he gets invited to the combine. He gets, um, he doesn't get drafted, which I don't think he will. But I mean, because with the new rule, even though he hired an agent, if for players that go through the NBA combine and don't get drafted, they could come back to school after the NBA draft if they don't get drafted. So say he brings, say Mark Pope already brings in Jake Toulson. Say Yoli goes through the draft process. Say he doesn't go dra- get drafted. And Mark Pope comes comes to s- and says, "Hey, I could develop you. I got Chris Burgess here. He's a great guy." Mark Pope says, "I put in the NBA for seven years." I know what it takes to get to the NBA. Come back to BYU. I know you've been set on leaving, but come back for one last year. We got TJ. You and TJ have chemistry. Connor Harding, he's going to take the next step forward. Gavin Baxter is one of your best friends. He's going to take the leap. Now we added Jake Toulson, who's one of the best shooters in the country. Come here. Come back. Let's get back to the NCAA tournament, and let's go. If you could, if you could somehow make that recruiting pitch, then, I mean, stars align. That would be... Best case scenario, and I think if BYU had that roster, that's an NCAA tournament roster. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not expecting Yuli Charles to come back at all. That's just, I think that's a pipe dream. But I mean, hey, maybe he could convince Yuli Charles, maybe Yuli Charles, after he doesn't get drafted, like, oh, yeah, maybe I will give it one last shot. But I think that's total best case scenario. But I think realistic best case scenario, um, I think he, Pope does need to bring at least one big man transfer. Say he brings in a, a Bailey Steele and say he, maybe he does bring in Jake Toulson and that's a team. I think that I don't think that's an NCAA tournament team, but I think that's a team that's a team that would finish third. Cause I mean, St. Mary's is going to be really good this year. They're going to be a better than they were last year. But that's a team that takes a step forward that at least gets to the NIT. Maybe it gets a few up. Maybe if they spring some upsets in a tough non-conference season and, um, gets on the, at least on the bubble talk in the NC and for the NCAA tournament. So I think that's kind of, well, I could see maybe get Jake Toulson, get Bailey Steele, and you'll be a solid team. So then BYU also needs to add, they need a, the few, because I mean, this season could be okay, but it's just, there's not a lot in the pipeline. So I think Mark Pope, number one, is going to be on Matty Sissoko and Caleb Lohner and those Wasatch guys. I mean, he's going to do everything he can to bring at least one of those guys in. I think there's probably going to be a couple unexpected transfers. I mean, BYU's going to need someone to replace TJ. I mean, you got Jesse Wade for the next few years, but you're going to need a, dynamic guard that could replace TJ to kind of 
to lay that foundation going forward. So I mean, that's immediate future. And then looking ahead, Pope's going to need to add an impact transfer to that maybe sits this season and that could play two or three years down the road. And he's going to really need to recruit those Wasatch guys and maybe at least get one of them to come to BYU to at least set the foundation for the success, success past this upcoming season. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if Mark Pope succeeds in getting, I I've, I've been on the record and saying that Caleb Lohner is a, is a lost cause. Uh, that dude's going to like Duke or something. He's yeah. really, really good. Yeah. But if he, if Mark Pope does that, he is truly a miracle worker. Like that, <laughs> he is, he is, you know, the, he is the chosen one, but, uh, yeah, I think he's going to, I think all the things you said are right in terms of where he's going to focus his, his attention, particularly in, in, Stocking up the pipeline. I think one guy at Wasatch who, who is probably the best shot that BYU is going to have yeah, is a guy named Saunders. Richie Saunders, mm-hmm. uh, awesome who's a, just a heck of a shooter um, and would be a great fit at BYU. Um, and I could see him really developing under Pope. So I know Pope will go after him in addition to the guys who already, you know, his teammates in Loner, who's probably a long shot. Sissoko, who's got big offers, probably also a long shot. Um, but you know, ha- keeping that pipeline open, um, and you know, getting, you know, one of those guys keeps that, keeps that pipeline open, follows up on the success that Rose already had with the Silva and bringing to Silva in from Wasatch, um, that can, that can bear fruit. I think for me, success in year one is you finish third in the WCC. You don't slip. You don't let San Francisco or whoever overtake you. I think San Francisco just lost Kyle Smith. So they'll probably take a step mm-hmm. back or at San Diego, Pepperdine, Pepperdine whoever there's a lot of teams that are kind of on the on the trend up but uh you take third in the WCC you get back to the NIT and you 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 make some stuff happen in the non-conference maybe you don't you know go out and yeah, win over huge get huge yeah maybe you don't win a bunch of games in Maui but you look competitive and you look like you belong I think that's mm-hmm. the I think that's the thing I just I just want to see even if they don't make it back to the NIT I just want to see energy. I just want to see a commitment that hasn't been there on the defensive end of the floor. I want to see guys who look like they're excited to be here and excited to, even if they're losing, excited to play for each other. I, I think those intangibles for me, if we see those intangibles start to change, even if the on-court success doesn't translate necessarily right away, those intangibles are a win for me in year one. And so that's what I'm going to be looking for. Yeah, we're going to talk about you know the, the wins and the losses, and we're going to break down the stats and the metrics and all of that. That's all good, and I think Mark Pope will do the same thing. Uh, but like he talked about in the in the press con- in his press conference, this is about it's it's about growth, and I think that's a good place for BYU's focus to be right now. And I think the first place that that growth comes is in those intangibles um, and kind of resetting the culture of the program. Uh, not that Dave Rose did a poor job, but I think the culture of the program atrophied, and it got to a place that was a little tough uh, there at the end. And so I think changing that over, establishing a new culture, uh, having some success, and in, in, in starting to get guys to believe in Mark Pope's vision and to buy in and to play for each other and to change how they feel about their, their basketball and their, and their time at BYU. I think that's success for Mark Pope in year one. And we can worry about wins and losses and everything else uh, a year after. I know Mark Pope wants to win games in, in year one too. I think that's great. And I think we should, we should hope for that, but uh, success and like being on the right track will be for me is 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 just those very fundamental changes that i think pay dividends uh in the years to come yeah i mean i totally agree that uh, i think obviously the wins and losses but we'll obviously look at, at the end of the day but yeah, it'll be nice just to see BYU doesn't get blown out by 20 plus points five times this year and like you said shows some 
just effort on the defensive end, just some intensity, just it'd be nice just to see progress. And even though that doesn't result in a tournament appearance or being, being on the bubble, just to see that progress would be going a long way. But yeah, the next month will be really crucial. Uh, obviously, as Pope as he hires his staff, and I mean, this is transfer season. This is as guys are ending their semesters, um, about to graduate. So I mean, not only for grad transfers, but normal transfers, and then recruits. I mean, yeah, Mark Pope's got a ton on his plate for the next month with with uh, bringing in coaches and bringing in recruits and transfers. So they're really fun to follow the next month. I mean. It's just there'll be some excitement, a little bit of buzz heading into next season with the Mark Pope tenure. There's just that natural excitement that comes from a new coach. So it is fun to have a little bit of life kind of infused into the program. I feel like the last few years there's just been a lot of apathy surrounding the program. So it's nice to finally just see some new energy, some new life kind of infused to the program because I feel like the program just really needs that jolt of energy and honestly just kind of hope for the future. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is is getting that energy, reinfusing that into the program, and then building on that. And that doesn't mean that you win right away, but it means that people are seeing progress, they're excited, and they have some hope. Like you're saying, they have some hope for the future. And I think that's what's been missing. Um, and I think you know, if anyone can bring hope and can bring fire and can bring energy, can bring passion, you know, that's Mark Pope. And whether or not he ultimately translate that into wins, you know, two three years down the road, that's an open question. But I feel really confident that he can bring the energy and bring the fire and get people excited about BYU basketball again. And I think that that in and of itself, that's a win for the university. That's a win for the program. Um, and I think that's a win. I think that's a win for us and a wrap for us uh, here today. We'll be, we'll be following this path, particularly the next month, like you said, Robbie, uh, seeing how Mark Pope puts this thing together. I think it's going to be exciting to watch. Uh, and we'll be here with you kind of every, every step of the way as fans uh, following along. And uh, when it comes time to, to, to get back at it, uh, we'll be here with you too for the for the real games when the balls start bouncing and the shots start going up again. But in the meantime, for the long summer ahead, go Cougars. <laughs>